0: marketing. Today, I'm going to share with you something about deconstructing entrepreneurship. I'm working with two mentors right now, and I met with one yesterday, and we had a lengthy discussion about entrepreneurship. Why are some people so successful? It looks like it's easy for them, while other people struggle and finally give up. What is it? And I'm particularly interested in this because I mentor people each year, a small group of people, no more than 20 ever in a year. And I don't take somebody on as a mentee unless I fully believe in them. I believe that they can succeed. Yet, this is not the case all the time. I have about 25% of my people each year that not only – don't have a level of success that's enough for them to continue but they finally give up and they stay online and i see them on facebook or sometimes they'll email me but they aren't doing the business that they came to me originally to build and to grow so i'm going to talk about this and i'm going to use a model from show business from writing I'm now doing professional writing. I'm working on television scripts and screenplays for film. And I was taught how to do this in a way that's very structured. It's very organized. And as I was thinking about this topic that I want to share with you here today, I thought, you know, part of that writing model would really be effective here. So first off, what's the big idea? So if you're writing, if you're writing a screenplay or a television script, what's what's it about? What's the big idea? So the big idea here would be starting a business. At some point, I and everyone who's ever come to me or who's online as an entrepreneur, they had the big idea to start a business. And there has to be a theme And the theme for me is I can only speak to to my own experience with this, and I want you to benefit from this. My theme was that I wanted out of the workforce. And I would say that to people I knew on a regular basis. I didn't say it at work. I was a classroom teacher for 20 years. And those last two, three years, I really wanted out of that job, out of that career, out of the workforce. I was also doing real estate part-time, but I'm not going to bring that into this discussion. So the setup is that I created a life for myself because we all have to take that full responsibility. It's a tough one, but we have to take responsibility for what our life has become. Wherever we are right now, today, we did it. We made it happen. We can't place blame on another person, on a situation, on family. I I know people that still blame their parents decades later for their situation today. We can't blame the pandemic. In my case, I can't blame illness and injury. I'm a multiple cancer survivor. Instead, we have to take that for personal responsibility with everything. And I created the life that I have or that I had back then. Let's, let's go back in time. So I created the life that I had. Here I was in 2005, and I was wanting out of the workforce, and I was thinking of starting a business that I could do from home and online. And so I had created that life. I had gone back to school at age 30 and earned my teaching credential. And was very proud of that and was very excited and felt that I finally had a career that was aligned with what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach the leaders of tomorrow. I had hopes and dreams of everything that I would do in the classroom with my students. And it started out well, but then things change over time. We change and the school changes. And, you know, we finally were teaching to the test, even though the school district didn't want to say that. So there I am, and I'm also doing real estate part-time, and the reason is that teaching, I'm in Southern California, and a teaching salary isn't quite enough on its own so that you could have a home and have have a few more things a little nicer, and also I was still supporting my mother. And so i I had been doing real estate before I came to teaching, and I continued to do that. So here I am, 2005. And I have this life that I've created. And, yes, I'm able to pay my bills and to do, you know, a few fun things. I could take a small trip every year, and I could take a larger trip every other year. And I was able to buy a car every four or five years. You know, so it's not a bad life. I'm not trying to say that it was. But I wanted more. I wanted something different. So then the next in this series of steps that we use for writing is the catalyst. What is it that happens that throws us into the story that's our new life? So for me, it was a series of events and interactions during 2004, 2005. And I won't go into detail with them here, but suffice it to say, I realized with each one And there were three big ones in my mind. The third one was the last straw for me. And I thought, I have to get out of classroom teaching. I have to get away from the school district. I will be more helpful to children and to people of all ages if I'm not a classroom teacher. And so there I am. And this is throwing me into the story of my new life. And what is it I'm going to do? So the next step in this process is the debate if i leave teaching will i ever because at this point i'm age 50 i've taught from 30 to 50 will i ever have a career again that would provide something that i do enjoy and a steady paycheck and good medical coverage would i ever have that again and i didn't know that i would And I could return to school, but that had been my M.O. throughout my lifetime. I would return to a college or university and learn how to do something else. I had gone back for two years for the teaching. I was fortunate enough to be able to teach on an emergency credential during that time, that two-year period. But also I had to borrow money that then had to be paid back so that I could do that, so I could go to school. So I didn't want to do that again, and I couldn't even think of something that I would go back to school and train for. And then one day, and then one day, I find out that people like you and I, individuals, not companies, not corporations, that people, individuals, have businesses online. And I find this out almost by chance. I had gone to an evening seminar And they had talked about things you might want to do in your life. And at the end of the evening, I was handed a a case of CDs. And I listened to those CDs. And one was from someone who was doing this business online. So next in the writing process and next here in this story I'm sharing with you is it's called B-Story. The B-Story is usually someone else that comes into your life that is a mentor or a romantic interest or a best friend. So in the in the film E.T., Elliot is the boy. He's the protagonist in the story. And then E.T., that's the B story. E.T. comes into his life and they become friends, very close buddies. So in my case, it was going to be a mentor, someone that could guide me because I come online and I've made my plan, I've left teaching, I've left real estate, I've moved into a new city 35 miles away, and I realize I need help. I don't know what I thought this online marketing business was going to be, but I'm going to have to have some some professional advice. So I hire a mentor. That's my B story. Well, this mentor didn't quite work out for me, but he led me to almost everyone that I'm still connected with, and a couple of those people he led me to are the mentors that I'm working with right now. So the next part of the writing is called fun and games. The fun and games are all of the things that you engage in as your story is growing. So I was starting a blog and then I started more blogs. I was learning that writing was so important I learned how to create an information product, all kinds of things. And I took a look, though, and here I am now, 2006. And yes, I'm making some money, but I'm not making nearly enough money. So the next piece of the writing is bad guys close in. The bad guys for me were my bills, my financial obligations. I had to do something drastic. What would I do? I didn't want to sell my house. I didn't want to downsize into an apartment. That would have been a big step back for me. I had lived in my own home for so many years at that point. And the bills are coming due. What do I do? This is key to the story because this is what happens with people. They do all these steps that I'm telling you leading up to it. They even have a plan for coming online. And one part of my plan was that I I cashed out my teacher's retirement money. And I thought that money would last two years. And then I realized, no, it was only going to last a year at best. And I'm a few months in already. And many people, when the bad guys close in and they're realizing that they're not making it happen, And even with help, sometimes they're still not making it happen. Even though they know what to do, they're leaving out some crucial pieces of the online business puzzle. What is it that you do? Well, I buckled down. I made my business a number one top priority. Everything else had to be on hold. Now, I did not have a child under 18, that I was responsible for, that makes a difference. But I will tell you that probably half of the people that I still know online started with infants or toddlers or school-age children. Everybody I can think of, male and female, had children, so about half of them. So we can't let that be an obstacle. There's always a way around it because I think of if you have children that you need to care for, isn't it better that you're working from home and being very structured and disciplined, the word I never like to use, disciplined, because if you have to go back into the workforce, then you'll be with your child or children even less. So every obstacle can be overcome, every single one, no matter what it is. If it's family life, health issues, knowledge, in my case was a big one, skill, was, was big for me as well, everything you can do, but you have to do it, because as the bad guys close in, in our story structure model here, finally, you can reach a point where all is lost, that's the next one, when all is lost, what do you do, jumping out, going back to a life you had before, is not a good answer. Instead, I want you to think about what you've learned, what you know, what do you like to do, what what is it you don't like to do. There was no social media when I came online, so that wasn't an issue for me. Well, social media became pretty prevalent by 2008. And all of a sudden, I was expected to show up and be there and You know, show my, my pictures and my, my photos of myself and that kind of thing. And that wasn't comfortable for me as an introvert, but I made it happen in a way that worked for me. I still spend very little time on Facebook, but it is the place to network and connect with people. And just today I was, I was teaching about my 50 in 52 networking strategy where if once a week, 50 of the 52 weeks out of the year, you go over to Facebook and reach out to someone that you've bought something from or that you've been on their list and there was something of interest to you. Reach out to them. Tell them what it was. Start with something about them. What was it that drew you to them, attracted you to them? Was it a book or a product or a course or an email they sent or a podcast they did? Something they did That you said, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can learn from that. Reach out to the person. It makes a big difference. At the end of the year, you'll have 50 new friends, colleagues, joint venture partners, connections, and that will make a difference for you. But let's go back to what does it take every day? When I came online, I was very excited because I told myself that I no longer had to go to bed early. I used to go to bed between 9 and 10 because I had to get up by 5 and be ready for a full day, not only of teaching and of commuting, long commutes, traffic in the Los Angeles area was you know, horrendous at times, but also after school and on the weekends and in holidays and time off from school. I taught at year-round school, so we went off track twice a year. That was our vacation time and then came back on track. And with all of that, I had to go to bed early so I'd be fresh the next morning and throughout the day. I came online and I thought, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. I could stay up as late as I want. I can watch late night television and not have to record it on my DVR. And I did that. And it lasted a month or so. And then I realized one day that that wasn't serving me. That wasn't the greatest idea. So what did I do? I disciplined myself to go to bed earlier. So now, again, I'm back to 9, 9.30, no later than 10 at night, unless it's a rare occasion that there's something going on, I need to be out later, something like that. But that doesn't happen too often, even during the holiday season. And I'm up very early. I get up at 4.15, 4.30, 5. If it's after 5, it feels late for me. I love those peaceful early morning hours. And I get to work. So I'm not going to go into great detail about my schedule, but I promise I will in the future. But I will tell you that I know the evening before what I'm going to do the following day and beyond, and that way I'm thinking about it. We There's a quote from uh, Thomas Edison that don't ever go to go to bed without a direct command to your subconscious, something like that, and I do that. I know what I'm going to do the next morning, and that way I get up and I'm already prepared mentally, and then it's just a matter of physically manifesting the work that I need to do, So I want you to think about all this. I think it's important. I think of this as deconstructing entrepreneurship using a show business model. It works extremely well. And I'd love for you to reach out to me. I'm Connie Green on Twitter. And I have three blogs. The main one is Connie Reagan Green. Reagan is R-A-G-E-N. Let's connect. I want to help you Move through these steps that I've been sharing, and I want you to succeed as an online entrepreneur. I'm Connie Reagan Green, and this is Prestabelius: Excellence in Marketing.